Hi, it's Molly. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Excel Books Podcast. I believe you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Excel Books Podcast. It's your favorite host, Molly. And on my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. For those of you that are new to my channel, thank you for tuning in. For my legacy listeners, you know I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm going to jump right in today, but before I jump right in, because I know you're like, Molly, you just said you're jumping in. I know, I changed my mind. I want to first start by saying I'm doing better. My hubby is doing better. I'm doing better. And I wanted to start by that because I know there have been so many of you who have reached out, you've called, you've uh, texted, you've emailed, I've had heart emojis and all kinds of things where people are like, hey, are you okay? And I appreciate you more than words can possibly say, um, I'm doing better. I cannot say that I'm 100%, but I am getting better day by day. It's been a long journey and I'm still recovering, but I am dealing with the incidents of the accident better. I'm vocalizing what I'm feeling more often. I am getting all of the proper treatment that I'm supposed to get, all the stuff that I'm supposed to do. So uh, thank you for the prayers. Thank you for those that are like, hey, um, for my prayer group that's like, hey, Molly, where have you been? I am coming. I am coming. I'm going to make that happen this week. I don't know what day, but I'm going to make it happen because I love you guys. Um, I'm doing better. So thank you for your prayers. Keep praying for me. I need it. I welcome every single prayer. All right. So in line with what I was dealing with, but on a more happy note, I want to talk to you today about being brave, being brave. And I'm hoping to give you some practical tips on this. And why do I want to talk about being brave? When it comes to the trauma that I am dealing with of the car accidents that have happened in my life uh, or to my loved ones and just other traumas that I've dealt with, the one thing that happens often is people ask me, how are you able to still stand? How are you able to still smile and laugh and joke and and look at things positively? How are you able to still love on other people while you're hurting? How are you doing this? And my answer is that I try to be brave. I don't like the word strong. And why don't I like the word strong? Because strong has mixed definitions with it depending on who's looking at it. If you've ever been the person they say, wow, you're strong, but you're really falling apart. You just know how to get through the situation, but you're not being strong. You're actually feeling weak, but you're like, why are you calling me strong? I'm hurting. I need help. Um, that's one of the reasons I don't like the word strong because people tend to treat it as though you don't need any more support. They treat it as though, oh, you're strong. You don't need my help dealing with this. Look at you. You're smiling. You're still walking. You're still driving. You're still interacting with people. You must be fine. I don't need to do anything. And that's the opposite for many people. Now, some people are like that. Some people are just super strong. You don't need any help. And you're just like, I'm good. 
and you want people to see that you're strong. I am not that person. I am the person where I want people to look at me as a person and realize that I need the phone calls. I need the visits. I need the hugs. I need the prayers. I need the encouragement. I need people to not look at how bravely I'm suffering through it and treat my grace as though it's my gift. Grace is not a gift. Two different things. Not the purpose of my episode today, but please don't confuse grace with gift. Grace is God giving you the ability to get through something. Does not mean that you are wired to always go through that thing or that you should be treated as the the go-to person every time that situation happens because that's not what that is. It's grace. It means for a season or a time or a period, God said, I'm going to give you the ability to live through it, handle it, mentally function or whatever, but this should not be a norm for you because you don't have the gift for that. For those of you that are like, okay, what is the difference between the grace and the gift? I will tell you. Grace. If you think about a holiday family gathering and your your relative brought over their little kids and you don't have any kids in your house, you're used to your house being perfectly clean, perfectly in order, everything's made for adults, glass and all that stuff in the house, like you're just not a kid person, but they bring their kids over. And during that holiday season, God gives you the grace to be kind and patient with those little children, to smile and greet them and clean up their messes repeatedly. And you do it without, you know, yelling at everybody and chewing them all out. People think, oh, you're so great. Would you like to work in the children's ministry? No, Um, because it's not your gift. God just gave you the grace to get through that holiday season. Hope that explained that very well for you. All right, so that's why I don't like to use the word strong. Now, when I think of brave, I want to talk specifically about um, any kind of bravery incident that you're going through where you're like, I want to be brave, I need to be brave, but I don't know how. So I'm going to talk about how I'm being brave in the accident. But before I do that, I'm going to uh, give you something to mentally think about because I'm going to refer to it a lot in this episode. There's a musical that I saw as a kid, it is literally my favorite musical, oh, two of them, my top two favorite musicals of all time, and I watch them to this day because they just speak so many volumes to me. So either of these musicals will work. If you haven't heard of them, I recommend watching them or reading about them at some point because it'll help you. So one of the musicals is called My Fair Lady, um, the one with Audrey Hepburn. I love Audrey. And then the other musical is Hello, Dolly! with Barbara Streisand. So I'm going to start with the first step to being brave. The first step to being brave is acknowledging where you want to be brave. Sounds pretty simple, um, but it's not as simple as you think. You have to first acknowledge it. And when I think that, I think about My Fair Lady, where Audrey Hepburn has just finished, it's the beginning of the movie, she's just finished trying to sell these flowers to, you know, you know, Professor Higgins, and he's been a whole jerk. And he makes a statement in passing, and she realizes that she really wants to be a florist. She wants to sell flowers in a flower shop. 
instead of selling them on the side of the street like a beggar. She says, I really want to be a florist, but I'm, I, I don't have the, the bravery to go and apply for the job. But I want to be brave. And that acknowledgement is really where the entire movie starts. A lot of people could say it starts when she gets lessons and all of that, but it really started when she's walking down the street, contemplating to herself, thinking intently, I really want to be this. I'm just scared that they're not going to accept me. And by acknowledging where you want to be brave, you have a starting point and you know what you're working on. So start with that. And I highly recommend if you're like, I'm really dealing with something now and you want to apply this, write that thing down. I'm a huge fan of writing. Write the area that you want to be brave in as step one. Step two, acknowledge the negative and ignore it. What do I mean by that? I know that's not a fancy way of wording things, but what do I mean by that? And this is not one of the musicals, but I will, um, (laughs) um, well, I'll go there. So you want to find out the negative side of this, and then you want to ignore those negatives. And what do I mean by that? When it came to the car accident, I had to face the fact that I want to be brave enough to drive a car again, to be in a car again without stressing and my blood pressure going up. But the negative side of my head was every time I get in a car, it's going to be dangerous. Every time people on the road, I'm in danger. Every time I drive, I'm at risk. I'm never going to be safe. I had to acknowledge all of those negative thoughts, feelings, um, experiences. And then I had to choose to ignore those in order for me to move forward in my bravery plan. I'm not saying that you don't acknowledge them. And, that, and the reason why I say acknowledge and then ignore is because a lot of people try to skip straight to ignore. And that is not how you do it. If you go straight to ignore, what's really happening is it's still there. It's dormant on the inside of you. But because you didn't give it room to speak, if you didn't give your your inner self the right to say, hey, this bothers me. I feel this way. I'm afraid of that. I'm concerned about this. If you don't give yourself permission to acknowledge what you're feeling, then that thing will come back to bite you at an unopportune moment when you least expect it. So what's helped me a lot is um, I remember as soon as the accident happened with my husband a month ago, I went to my therapist and I said, hey, I am afraid to get behind the wheel. I am afraid that every time I'm in a car, I'm shortening my lifespan because there's been so many accidents that I now feel like it is a statistical fact that I'm going to be injured. This is, this is how I'm feeling. And because I did that, I was able to drive the car without going through a panic attack the entire time. I may have moments where I'm like, okay, I really don't want to be in this car. And I may say, okay, let me go pull over on the side and stop and breathe and see if I can drive a little further or if I can drive back home. Um, I had to acknowledge it so that it doesn't have a voice later on. I think that's what happens with the enemy. We, we ignore what we really feel and then the enemy brings up those things later 
and voices it so loudly that we can't ignore it. And then it becomes a hindrance and a stumbling block for us because we didn't acknowledge it. So acknowledge what it is you want to be brave on. Acknowledge the negative and ignore it. Now, step three is make a success plan. Now, what is a success plan? Now, I love how Hello, Dolly and My Fair Lady did this. I've always admired it. So I'll talk about My Fair Lady and then I'll talk about Hello, Dolly. In My Fair Lady, Audrey hears all the negative thoughts in her head. You see her walking down the street and she's thinking about, you know, how they're picking at her speech and all this. And then she starts making a success plan of, well, I want to be a florist in a florist shop. I'm going to learn how to speak properly. I'm going to go to the best of the best and I'm going to get them to teach me. And she really made a success plan. And why do I say a success plan? Audrey didn't just say, hey, let me go find that professor and ask him. She knew, she said, he's going to expect um, a certain level of poise and dignity from me. He's going to expect me to look like I'm professional, like I really mean business. I need to be in my best clothes. I need to arrive as if I am a lady. You know, I'm going to pay for a taxi to bring me there instead of walking, um, you know, like a poor person would. I'm going to try my best to put on the character and behavior of a lady when I get there. And I'm going to come in with a business mindset. So when she gets there in the taxi with what little money she had left, and then she puts everything else in her, you know, that she has in her purse, and she comes in and starts thinking immediately and says, okay, well, I asked a friend how much these classes cost, and she paid this much, and I figured, well, you wouldn't charge me that much for my own language, so I won't pay more than a shilling. Take it or leave it. And she immediately had like a negotiation plan in her head. I thought it was absolutely beautiful because she didn't just say, I mean, we could tell she was afraid. She was afraid um, even when Colonel Pickering came up and she's like, uh-huh. she's like, would you like to sit down? She's like, oh, well, don't mind if I do. And you could see, see like the anxiety in her was finally starting to calm down for a moment, but she made a plan to succeed. No different than Hello Dolly. So Hello Dolly, you know, she's a widow and she really wants a husband and she knows who she wants as her husband. And she makes a plan the whole time. Now she does it in a very comedic way, but she plans, you know, number one to say, okay, how can I get noticed by Horace Vandergelder, the man that I really want? How do I get noticed? And she's like, I'm going to help him find a wife. He'll have to constantly talk with me, constantly interact with me. I'm going to have to really uh, show that I can run a business myself. I can't just be a little widow and be like, here, pick me. Um, so she runs her own business, doing any and everything she can think of and is quite good at. It. It's like, oh, you need singing lessons? I can I can do it. Leave everything to me. Um, I can help with marriage. I can help with shoes, dinner arrangements, everything. And she shows herself as indispensable as part of her, her success plan. On top of that, you know, she doesn't just say, and I, and I love this because a lot of people miss this element when they watch the movie. They just see all the comedic things she does to get Horace to only want her, you know, such as sabotaging the connection between her and I, uh, him and Irene and, you know, making it to where, you know, she does her display. 
the whole time she had a hidden success plan of talking to her um, deceased spouse. Not in a creepy way, but she would have a little prayer. And, you know, she would talk to her, her dead husband and say, hey, I'm still looking for a sign that you approve that I could marry this man. I can't, when he's ready to ask me, I can't just say yes unless I know you approve. And I love this because she always, she had a really dynamite success plan. She planned for when things went south, even down to, okay, I'm going to, she said, I was hoping he would fall in love with me as I'm trying to get him hooked up with other people, but he's falling for the person I want. Okay, success plan B, um, I'm going to disconnect their desire for each other, but I am going to make sure that Irene finds love and that I still get my chance. I'm going to go sing and perform for him in front of the finest place there is so he knows that I'm a somebody. I'm going to respect his boundaries. I'm going to do all these things like she, all this in a success plan. Now, I'm not saying you need to do this if you're a single woman or a single guy. I'm not saying you need to go do Hello Dolly's methods to go find a lover. What I'm saying is to think about how far she really put consideration into being brave. She was not confident that she was going to do all of this. She put on a show a lot of times. And if you watch, you can see a lot of times where she's like, I don't know if I could do this, but I'm going to smile and act like I can because that's part of her success plan. Um, The next step, you know, we only got two more steps. So step four is to do the plan. And and I wanted to really make sure I said that as a plan because it's so easy to not do the plan. Anybody can make a plan, but only people who are really committed can do the plan. So for example, I've had this with clients many times where they're like, hey, I want to start a business. Great. I am your plan. This is what we're going to do. We're going to build your website. We're going to build your e-commerce store. We're going to get your business account set up. We're going to get your logo designed, your social media set up, your your target audience. We're going to identify who that is. We're going to have a timeline. We're going to get this by this by this. And we're going to make up your payment plans. We're going to do this. We're going to have times when we meet and follow up on services. And then we're going to launch on this date. And then we're going to follow up two weeks after that and see how you're doing. And then we're going to give you the opportunity to run this on your own or B, you can do this with my support. That's our game plan. Step one is fill this out and make this deposit. And never fails. There's always a client that goes through this. They're super happy about it. They start with the, you know, the, they love hearing the plan, but when it comes down to signing an agreement and making the first payment, they're like, "Mm, yeah, I don't think I can do that. Why can't you? This is your success plan. You're being brave in this. We even met and said, Hey, what do you want to do? I do this with every client. What is your vision? What is your vision? What is your business? What are you trying to achieve? And I can tell you what I can do to help with it, or I can tell you what I'm not good at it to help with and not, you know, and point you towards somebody else. And a lot of people don't want to put action to their plan. And that's where you fail in bravery. And so I, I want to say that because 
if you figure out where you want to be brave and you get all the negative thoughts out like, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, and you make a success plan, but you don't do it, you just wasted so much time. You wasted your own potential. Um, You deserve to succeed. You deserve to make it through what you're dealing with. But it's only going to happen if you activate bravery within yourself. And activating that bravery means doing the plan. Now, let me say this about the plan. It's okay if you have to have a plan B. It's okay if the first plan fails. That doesn't mean you're not brave. It doesn't mean that you'll never do it. Because you got to remember, we already acknowledged negative thoughts and we ignored it. But that doesn't mean that our plan's going to be perfect the first time. I love that I think about Audrey, but I think more about Dolly. I think Dolly is a good example in, in Hello, Dolly. And her first plan was, I'm going to show him, I'm going to show Horace that I am a businesswoman. He's going to fall in love with my business sense because he is an extreme businessman. And I'm always in front of him. I always look my best. And I'm always on top of things. And I'm a businesswoman. And he'll just love that. Her first plan was just exposure. Just kind of like, hi, I'm here. I'm always in your face. I look great. And I'm good at business. Aren't I attractive? Don't you want to talk to me? And instead, he's very he treats her very business, which wasn't what she wanted. So then she's like, okay, I got to really kind of show a little bit more, you know, by, you know, hinting around in statements. And then she realizes, okay, hinting in statements is not enough as a plan B. And then she's like, okay, plan C, I'm going to make him think he's meeting this person at the dinner, but it's going to be me there instead. And I'm going to come in looking my hottest that I can look like. She had her sexy little dress on. And this huge performance number, everybody knows she's there and she's singing Hello, Dolly. And she's everybody's like, wow, you know, and he's like, are you sure you should be wearing that kind of get up, you know? And for the first time, he acknowledges her as a woman. And even that plan didn't work. And finally, the last plan that comes and I say, you know, the last plan she had to win him over. Not the last thing that she did to interact with him because she had a final plan that failed, but, or she thought it was her surrender plan, but she had her last plan, which was she followed the man out the restaurant. So he leaves, he's upset. He realizes he's been tricked, that he's not meeting with Irene, that Irene is seeing another man and not just another man, it's seeing his employee. And here's Dolly. And he's just like, I don't want to do anything with women. I want to go where there's, nothing but men, blah, blah, blah. And she's following him outside the restaurant and she's realizing that he is just not getting it, that she's trying to be brave and she's going to have to spell it out for him. And she goes up to him and she's like, you know, wave your little hand, whisper so long, dearie, because you're not going to see me anymore. You know, all the things that you love about me, you know, the way I handle business, the dinner arrangements, the, all the skills I have, all of this. You know, I wanted you to acknowledge me as a woman. I want you to see me as this kind of person, but I see you're not. And just so you know what, sells so long. And even though on one hand it looks like, oh, she was just scorned. 
it was still a plan in and of itself because it left him with that last fleeting words of she didn't do all this because she was bored. She didn't do all this because she was jealous. She did all this because her plan from the beginning was to win his heart. She had to go through multiple phases, including marching in a parade with nothing but men. Um, She did all kinds of things. I say that to say this, no matter what it is you're trying to be brave in, give yourself grace to try another plan if the first one doesn't work. It's okay. So for example, I tried to immediately hop in a car and drive. Didn't work for me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to work by just being able to hear the sound of a car. And just hearing it was starting to stress me out. So I said, okay, I'm going to go down to plan C therapy. And then I said, okay, I'm going to do therapy plus just hearing the sound of a car. Then I said, I'm going to go do therapy plus hearing the sound of a car plus riding in a car, not driving it, but riding in it. And I said, I'm going to try driving the car with someone else in there with me so that they can talk me out of my head or something while I'm driving if I spaz out. Um, Then I'm going to try driving in very close locations, no more than a few minutes from home, and then come right back. And by those multiple plans, I was able to start making progress. That's what you want to do. Anything that you're doing, whether it's your business, whether it's growing, whether it's, um, you know, saving up for a medical operation, whatever it is, you got to start in pieces. I know people who have had medical surgeries coming up. They know it's going to cost an arm and a leg and they start making plans. They're like, okay, I'm going to ask friends and family. Okay, that didn't work. All right, I'm going to find something that I have that I can sell. And they start selling things. And I think, okay, I'm going to put ads out there. I'm going to try doing a bake sale or whatever they have to do to get the money they need to pay for it because they don't want to go into this in debt. They try multiple plans to succeed and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to say that. All right. Last step, step five about being brave is self-talk, even if it's failure, positive self-talk, even if it's failure. So what do I mean by that? You may find that plan A works right away. And if it goes well, you need to tell yourself after that, great job. You succeeded. You did it. You found the answer. You did something that works. You need to tell yourself those things. It matters. So that when the enemy comes back and tries to attack your mind and tell you that you can't, you already have combated it with positive words. Now, you notice I said, even if it's failure. I want to say this because I thought this was... um, (laughs) I thought this was really, really great. So when I think about My Fair Lady, because I could do all kinds of references, but think about My Fair Lady. Now, her whole plan was to get in here, learn how to speak properly from the best speech pathologist ever, become a florist in the flower shop, To have him acknowledge and say, hey, you were an excellent pupil. I couldn't be more proud. She does all of this work. 
she goes to the ball. She literally sweeps away the heart of royalty. Everyone is ooing and aahing all over her. And after all of that work, she realizes that she's canceled out her plan for victory. Because she speaks so well, she's so much of a lady, that she cannot be a florist anymore. No one would acknowledge that she could do that work because she's so well-educated. She's now realizing that even if she were to start being a florist right now, she's in debt. She's in debt because of the clothing she has. She's in debt because of the classes that she's taken. She's in debt because of the, you know, the rides and all the different things that they did to make her become a lady. And now she's realizing my plan failed and he didn't say that she did a good job. And she had to think of another plan. Now, she did this after freaking out. (laughs) And I'll say that. You're a human being. It's okay to have a moment of freak out. I had a moment of freak out when it came to driving. More than one moment. uh, Several, I will say. It's okay to be human and say, hey, right now I am freaking out. But have a plan. And what I love, like, love about how, not Hello Dolly, how Audrey did in My Fair Lady is after freaking out and realizing all of this, I literally made myself too good for the job that I want. And I love how she even asks. She starts by asking questions before she does a positive self-talk and makes another plan. She says, what have you left me fit for? What am I to do? And she wasn't asking in a woe is me mindset. She was asking, but what can I do? I can't go be a florist. You've left me fit to do nothing other than maybe be a a house servant here or become a wife. She's like, I don't want to just become a wife to get out of debt. I, I didn't, I'm not selling myself. But she just realized, she said, well, let me first ask, do my clothes belong to me or do they belong to Colonel Pickering? This jewelry here, you know, does this belong to me? Or that? It says, no, it's all rented. Say, so, okay. So she immediately says, okay, let me reduce what debt I can. Let me take off this jewelry here. Now she did have a little spite, you know, handing her ring over. But she's like, here. I don't want to run the risk of them being missed. Now, the only thing I have on me are the things that are mine, which are my clothes and the knowledge in my head. And then she meets up with Freddie and then she realizes I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to teach what you taught me. And if I get the right pupil and the right, you know, uh, students or whatever, I can pay off that debt super quick. I don't have to sell myself and become a wife in order to make it through. I can make it. I can do just fine without you. I don't have to stoop down to just being a servant and cleaning your floors. I can be a woman and be treated with respect and dignity and make my own income and be okay. And I thought that was so powerful because they didn't show it in the film, but somewhere between feeling defeated after trying your plan She had a self-talk in her mind that she knows what to do, that she can do this, 
that she can do a whole nother job, that she can completely switch careers, switch game plans if necessary. And I wish they would have shown that in the film. I wish that was a part of the play of just those thoughts in her head. What did she, what did Eliza tell herself to say, I can still make it. I can make it through this. This may not have worked. Okay, then try something new. So I can't sell flowers. What if I teach the people who do sell flowers? I can, I can go higher if I must. But it's not over for me. And I want to say that to you as part of that positive self-talk, even in the midst of failure. When we fail, we learn the most about ourselves. But you've got to talk positive to yourself when you feel that you're at your lowest. I know that sometimes you're going to have plans in your business and you're like, but my customers don't respect me. Talk positive to yourself anyway. Keep making a success plan. I tried to make a plan, but it's taken too long for it to happen. Keep telling yourself that it can work. Keep working on a solution. Keep doing the plan. You could say, well, I thought I was going to be able to afford this and and do this and get in this school and get that job. And I did all that. Now I'm in debt and I'm never going to make it out. Tell yourself you can make it out. You will make it out. And it won't take you 30 years to do so. The power of the tongue, the power of your mouth and what you can say to yourself has more more ability than you will ever realize. People can tell you all day that you can do it, but it's never as strong as you telling yourself you can do it. This is why in therapy, it's so important when they say, hey, what what things can we say to ourselves? What thing can you do for yourself? What self-care thing can you do? If you notice, a lot of therapy is redirecting to self-care, self-speech, self-encouragement. Why? Because number one, Your words to yourself are always going to have more power than anybody else. A stranger who doesn't know you from paint that just hears what you mention on a call or in a a therapy session will never know you as well as you do. You know what words encourage you. You know what tells you that if I keep going to therapy, I'm going to get better. They're trying to encourage you to use your own inner power. And also because the goal is for you not to be in therapy forever. Your goal is to eventually get out. To not just say, I'm in therapy. But to say, I don't have to be in therapy every week or every other week. I could do once a quarter just to check in and see how I'm doing. I can do this. They want you to be empowered. But to be empowered, you have to empower yourself. And therapy really just reminds you that you have the ability to do that. That you do have power even though you feel like you don't have it. And I want to encourage you with that. That no matter what it is you're dealing with, you can make it through. Eliza made it through. She had to change plans, but she succeeded. And ended up with the respect that she wanted and not having to worry about the debt and everything. Like she got the, she got her wish 10 times over. She went from being at the bottom of the bottom to as high up as you can possibly go as a woman at that time and and, and place. Um, Dolly did the same thing. She went from a poor widow who had nothing, who literally, if you really watch the movie, you'll see that she did everything. She went from making clothes out of curtains in her house 
to becoming the wife of the most influential business owner in the town, getting married, getting approval from her deceased spouse, gaining friends. So many things happen along the way. There's so many positives that can happen on your journey. Um, and even though this isn't a step, this is just my, my last little tip. I know I said the other one was the last one, but I got one more for you. Notice and celebrate the victories along the way. And I say this as I'm saying it to myself. This is not something I've mastered. This is something I'm still trying to master. But as I make a plan to succeed, I often have to tell myself, okay, Molly, what went well? What's something great that's happened so far on this journey? So for example, am I fully healed as far as being in cars? No. I still have anxiety attacks. I still get lightheaded and dizzy and all kinds of things happen to me. But I noticed that I was able to work the other day in my office without jumping when I heard the sound of a motorcycle going down the road. I was able to be in the car and have a conversation with my husband without jumping the entire time. I was able to have like a 15-minute talk without thinking so much about the cars on the road next to me. I was able to smile when I got out the car because I was alive and made it with my husband. Like, I had to give myself a pat on the back for the victories. Victory doesn't have to be huge. I'm saying this because I don't know why I feel like I'm fighting in the spirit for somebody. Victory doesn't have to be huge in someone else's eyes. It just has to be huge to you. To people that don't really know me that well, I have family members who will probably never know me that well. I have family members who think they know me that well, and they don't. And they may think, oh, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I saw that in you. Like, no, you don't know. The, the part that was huge was me getting up and walking into the garage and getting into that car. Do you have any idea what it took? to fight the anxiety from walking from the garage door into the car door and not bring my support stuffed animal or not bring my stress ball or something or to not cry while I'm in there, to not need my therapist on speed dial, like little victories. Acknowledge those victories and write them down. I'm working on that myself. Uh, I'm going to have a victory journal. And I've had a friend tell me this for years and I'm designing my own. It's going to be a victory journal and it's going to be today. This happened. This happened. This happened. These are all the good things that have happened to me so that I'm flooding myself with memories of the fact that I can handle whatever it is that I'm facing, that I'm being brave. And even though I may not have mastered my plan yet, I haven't gotten all the fruit that I want. I am reaching my goal. Try that. And I believe you'll be even more powerful and more successful than you could ever imagine. That is all I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you have a blessed, blessed, blessed weekend. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Excel Books Podcast with Molly. You can find more helpful resources and services at xclbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send us a message 
at xelbooks.com or email xelbooks at gmail.com, we'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more tips on work, family, and life.